Now, if you do have your Bible there, please do turn back to Matthew chapter 16 uh, and verses 5 through to 12. And I encourage you, bring your Bible with you. Um, if you remember 22 months ago, if you can remember that far back, we used to print intimation sheets. Okay, we've not done that for quite a while. And we used to have the Bible passage uh, on our intimation sheets. Uh, but we, we're not currently, obviously, doing that because of uh, restrictions. I would encourage you, bring your Bible. Because how else do you know if I'm telling you the truth or telling you a load of rubbish? So please bring your Bible uh, with you on a Sunday morning and follow the passage uh, with me. Now this morning we're continuing our series in Matthew's Gospel in chapter 16. And in some ways we are reaching the climax of the first part of Matthew's Gospel. Because remember, each of the Gospels has a purpose a purpose to reveal who Jesus is so that those who read the gospel will put their faith and trust in Jesus. Now, in many ways, the the first part of Matthew's gospel is all about identity. And God willing, next week we will come to the climax of this uh, with Peter's confession that Jesus is the Messiah. But up until this point, up until Matthew chapter 16, there's been a lot of misunderstanding as to who Jesus is. Is he a prophet? Is he a good man? Is he a teacher? Is he John the Baptist being brought back from the dead? Is he one of the prophets from from long ago brought back to life? Because that's what some have been saying about him. Or was he none of these things? But an evil imposter. Which is clearly what the Pharisees and Sadducees thought about Jesus. And so a lot of the the first part of Matthew's gospel is about Jesus' identity. Coming to a climax here in chapter 16. Now... Last week we thought about the Pharisees and the Sadducees coming to Jesus to test him and to ask him for a sign from heaven. And we we saw how Jesus refused to bend to their will and refuses to give them a sign other than the sign of Jonah. And we thought a bit last week about what the sign of Jonah was, that Jesus was referring to his dying and rising again. Now, in the passage today, we see Jesus and the disciples again taking a boat over the Sea of Galilee. I hope you've noticed that they've been zigzagging across the Sea of Galilee. They're always traveling somewhere or another. They've been on the, the west side of the Sea of Galilee, and they were going to the region of Caesarea Philippi in the northeast, the northeast of the Sea of Galilee. And as they're going across the lake, Jesus says to the disciples, be careful, be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Now, helpfully here, Matthew, as the writer of this gospel, tells us that as they're making their way over on this boat, over the Sea of Galilee, As they're making this journey, Matthew helpfully tells us that the disciples had forgotten to take bread. 
They'd forgotten to do the shopping, basically. They'd forgotten their provisions. They'd forgotten the lunch. And so, the first part of this passage this morning, there's a huge misunderstanding. Because Jesus is speaking about yeast, and the disciples think he's making some reference to them forgetting to take bread for this trip. So it's a complete misunderstanding. They hear Jesus, and Jesus says something about yeast, and they think, yeast, yeast is in bread. Oh, we've forgotten the bread. That's what they think. Now, we might look at this passage and think, oh, what are the disciples on here? How did they not get it? But in some ways, sometimes when we're reading the Gospels, we can be really harsh on the disciples. When actually it's, it's quite clear that, that sometimes they really struggle to grasp what Jesus is telling them. Remember, Jesus spoke to the crowds in parables. And the disciples, those who were closest to Jesus, clearly didn't understand what Jesus was on about at times. They had to ask him later often, Jesus, what was the meaning of that parable? And you have to also realize here that they were hearing Jesus teaching in real time, so to speak. They don't have the the benefit of living 2,000 years later as, as we do. And so, When Jesus talks about the yeast of the Pharisees and the the Sadducees, which is something that's obviously figurative and obviously figurative to us, it wasn't so clearly obvious to the disciples that Jesus wasn't talking about physical bread. So let's not be too harsh on the disciples here. You see, after Jesus has said to them, be careful, be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the disciples are left scratching their head a bit. And it says in verse 7 that they discussed it among themselves. And so you can imagine, after Jesus has said this, you can imagine the disciples kind of all crowding around. What's Jesus on about here? Oh, we've forgotten the bread. That's their conclusion after they've had some discussion. Yeast is found in bread. And so they have this discussion, realize they've forgotten the bread, and maybe they're beginning to apportion blame. Thomas, you should have got the bread, or Judas, or or James, or one of the other disciples. You were the one that should have gone to Lidl or Aldi or whatever supermarket. They didn't have supermarkets in those days they were meant to go to. And so aware of their discussion, Jesus intervenes. And he tells them, he's not speaking about bread in the physical sense, but he's warning them about the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees, which the disciples finally understand to be the teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Now, there there are two things that I want to reflect on in in this passage. The first thing is this. Are there times in our life when we are so earthly focused that we forget or are unable to focus upon spiritual things? And I'll try to explain what I mean. You see, in this particular situation, when Jesus speaks to the disciples, the disciples immediately, their thoughts turn to physical bread, bread. Turns to their stomach, doesn't it? 
that Jesus must be talking about bread and the fact they've forgotten it. And so we see the disciples being very focused on their physical needs. And so often, we can actually be like that, can't we? Now, most of us here today are probably not living on the poverty line and thinking about what our next meal is going to be and where we're going to get it from. Though some in our community might be. Because that is a struggle. Even in our community, there is food poverty. But what we need to see is sometimes we can be so focused upon ourselves, upon our needs, providing for ourselves, so focused upon the earthly, that we forget about the spiritual. And consistently throughout the Gospels, Jesus is trying to lift up people's eyes. He's constantly doing it with the disciples. Disciples are often bickering among themselves, who of us is the greatest? Jesus, who's going to sit on your right and left in the kingdom and glory? Focused upon themselves. Jesus says, that doesn't matter. Lift up your eyes and see what the spiritual reality is. You see, Jesus is trying to show the disciples and the crowds what God is like and what truly matters in life. Now, that's not to say that Jesus doesn't care for our physical needs. Of course Jesus does. But what does he say in the Sermon on the Mount in in Matthew chapter 6? He says this, Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. It's not life It's not life uh, about more than food and the body, about more than clothes. And later in that same passage, Jesus says, your heavenly Father knows that you need these things. God knows we need these things. Jesus understands the disciples need to eat. He clearly understands that. But he reminds the disciples of the miracles that he's just done. Remember what's happened in Matthew 14, 15? The feeding of the 5,000, the feeding of the 4,000, the basketfuls that were left over from the food that was provided in such a miraculous way. You see, Jesus is saying to the disciples, look, don't you get it in terms of your physical needs? I've shown you that I can provide these things. So don't worry about them. That's what Jesus is saying. And that's the point, isn't it? So often we are concerned about the things that God knows that we need and has said he will provide. And therefore, we ought not to be anxious. And so what I want you to see in this passage is that the disciples are focused upon the physical to the detriment of the message that Jesus was really trying to convey to them. And we must make sure in our own lives that we are focused upon the right things, about seeking God's kingdom and His righteousness before anything else in our own lives. Because when we put God first in our lives, then we know ultimately that all will go well with us. Do you believe that this morning? When you put God first, 
that ultimately things will go well with you. That's not to say it's going to be a smooth path. That's not to say that things will be easy. After all, things were difficult for Jesus himself. But ultimately, when we are in the center of God's will, we know that all will be well. Do we truly believe that this morning? Are you anxious today? Have you come to worship this morning? You're anxious. Anxious about yourself. Anxious about your job situation. Anxious about your family. Whatever you're anxious about, cast all your anxieties upon Jesus because he cares for you. Do you believe that? Well, let's trust that this morning. So what I want you to see, first of all, is that the disciples got it wrong. They were focused upon the physical. Jesus was telling them something completely different. He's not speaking about physical bread, but he's speaking of the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And that's the second thing I want to have a think about this morning. Now, I am no baker. Anna will tell you that, okay? Never tried baking in my life. I know that yeast goes into bread. And I know that when you put yeast in bread, that it permeates the whole, doesn't it? And it allows a loaf to rise. Now, earlier in the gospel, Jesus had used the analogy of yeast in the positive sense of the spread of the kingdom of God. But here in Matthew 16, yeast is being used in a negative sense to describe how the the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees could have a, a pervasive influence and begin to spread like yeast in a loaf of bread. And Jesus is cautioning the disciples to guard against that, to guard against the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. You see, we've already seen in the Gospel of Matthew how the Pharisees care more about traditions than truth. They care about what looks good on the outside rather than caring about being renewed on the inside. The Pharisees are far from God. They are described by Jesus as blind guides. And of course, this is all going to come to a head over Jesus' identity. You see, the Pharisees have already said about Jesus that it is by the prince of demons that Jesus drives out the demons. They've called Jesus a blasphemer. They've accused Jesus of being unclean because he spends time with tax collectors and sinners. They've accused Jesus of being a Sabbath breaker. And in chapter 12, we already see that the Pharisees are plotting to kill Jesus. And so with the Pharisees and the Sadducees, what we have is false teaching. It's all about the outward appearance. It's all about ritual. And we also have them spreading falsehoods about Jesus and who he is. And Jesus is saying to the disciples here and warning them, don't let your hearts grow cold. Don't let your hearts grow hard. Don't listen to the the false teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees, but rather continue to trust 
in me. He's basically saying to the disciples to guard themselves against being swayed in the wrong direction. That's what Jesus is saying. Now here in West Kilbride, in 2022, can you believe it's 2022? I can't quite get my head around that. Here in West Kilbride in 2022, we don't have Pharisees and Sadducees walking around our streets. Have you seen any this week? Well, certainly if we do, they wouldn't call themselves that, would they? But we certainly have plenty of things and plenty of people who can distract us from the central message about Jesus and from the fact that he is the Messiah, that he is the Son of God. Now, of course, there can be ridicule from from out with the church, and, and we might expect that, mightn't we? But remember here that the Pharisees and the Sadducees, who were they? They were the religious establishment. And yet Jesus warns his own disciples against them. And we, by extension, must guard ourselves against any kind of false teaching that might pervade the church. We must guard against that. We are a confessional church. And what we confess about Jesus does matter. Because we believe that Jesus is not just a good man. He's not just a moral teacher. But he's more than that. I don't know about you. But I have heard sermons in the church in Scotland. In the church of Scotland. Which have basically said Jesus is just a good man. He isn't the son of God. Basically denied the divinity of Jesus. I've heard sermons that have denied that Jesus rose from the dead. Heard sermons that have denied that Jesus is the only way to God. Heard sermons that were were basically good people. And it'll all be okay in the end. You'll be all okay. You'll all go to heaven. And that God will invite us all in. All these things I have heard in the church. Not out there on the street in the church. All of them are false. We must guard against false teaching. You see, the disciples are told, don't listen to the Pharisees. If you listen to the Pharisees, what will you be doing? You'll be spending your time doing hand washing, but not really concerned about what's happening in your heart. If you listen to the Pharisees, you'll think I'm a blasphemer. You'll think I am really, truly the Son of God. Jesus says, trust me. Understand the teaching that I have given to you. And we'll see next week that the disciples do understand truly who Jesus is. We must guard against false teaching. How do we do this? We do this by reading our Bibles. That's why it's so important we bring them on a Sunday morning. And we don't just read them on a Sunday. But we spend time in God's Word. Because God's Word shows us who Jesus is. What He has done. God's Word tells us who God is. And all He requires of us. God's Word shows us the truth. 
And when we spend time with Jesus in his word, in prayer, in communion with him, with fellow believers, that's why meeting together as the church is, is so important that we can encourage one another in our faith. One of the things that we've perhaps learned over these last 22 months is technology is brilliant. It's great. It means you can sit at home with your coffee in your pajamas watching the service. But there's something that's missing in terms of fellowship, in terms of being together, in terms of worshipping together, singing together. Do you remember those days when we couldn't sing? Singing together, singing God's praise together, praying together, encouraging one another in the faith. What's the old analogy that's often used? That when a coal is taken out of the fire, it often cools down, doesn't it? And that's what it's like when a a Christian's on their own. Their faith cools down. It's when it's put back in the fire among believers that faith is sparked once more. And so today, two messages for us. Firstly, to focus upon spiritual things. Are you spiritually minded this morning? Maybe as you come to worship, you realize, you know, I've spent most of my time thinking about my needs. I'm anxious about my job. I'm anxious about what I wear. I'm anxious about finances. I often say to people, you know, when you're in the shower or when you're in the bath, and when you're relaxed, whatever your mind goes to, that's truly probably where you are spiritually. When you're in the bath and in the shower and you think about yourself, do you think about yourself? Or is your mind drawn to God? Drawn about His will for your life? Let's be people who are spiritually minded. Because we can cast all our anxieties upon Jesus. He cares for us. And He's promised to provide for all our physical needs. Do we believe that today? And the second message this morning. It's to guard against false teaching within the church, which can pervade the church like yeast through a loaf of bread so that we can so easily be misled. Let's be on our guard. Let's be spiritually minded. You see, one of the reasons that I said to you at the beginning, bring your Bible, is because if I've got it wrong this morning, I want you to say to me at the church door or send me a message later by email or WhatsApp or whatever and say, look, you got it wrong. That's an important message for me to hear because we're all under God's word, aren't we? Under the authority of God's word. So let's be on our guard. Let's be spiritually minded. Let's hold to Jesus. And most of all, and we'll think about this next week, God willing, let's see Jesus as he truly is. Not a blasphemer. Not just a man or a moral teacher. 
but the very Son of God and the Saviour that we need. Shall we just pray together? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word to us today. And we recognize in our lives that sometimes we can be earthly-minded, focused upon our felt needs, our, our desires, perhaps. But Lord God, we thank you that in your word, you promise to give us exactly what we need. And in, even in the Lord's prayer, when we petition you to give us our daily bread, we know that you will. That we don't need to, to think or concern ourselves about these things. But rather, first and foremost, we need to be focused upon the kingdom and upon what you would require from us in our lives. So, Heavenly Father, help us to lift up our eyes today, to lift up our eyes from ourselves and towards you, that we might know the joy that is in you and that we might want to glorify your name. And also this morning, Lord God, we, we thank you for the, the message that Jesus made clear to the disciples, that they were to guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees, that they were to guard against false teaching, because the Pharisees and Sadducees were had hard hearts against Jesus, couldn't see him for who he truly was and is. And Lord God, we pray that we truly might see who Jesus is. And as we declare that Jesus is the Messiah, that he is the very Son of God, that that would change our lives. And as we live changed lives, Lord God, that you would guard us and protect us and that you would help us to, to guard against false teaching that can so easily come into the church and which can pervade the church. Heavenly Father, we want to live to your glory. We on, want to honor Jesus for who he is. And we pray, Heavenly Father, as we read your word each day, as we spend time with you in communion and prayer, as we spend time with fellow believers, that you would guard our hearts, that you would guard our salvation found in Jesus, and that we might live to your glory. So, Heavenly Father, speak to us through your word today, we pray. For we pray these things in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.